Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 1057 The Fan. Jason is at the castle. I just saw Lamar Jackson speaking now, so I'm sure he's... uh, Going to have a lot to report to us when he gets back in about an hour. But joining us now on the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline, NFL editor for USA Today. Always a pleasure when Doug Farrar joins the program. And Doug, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I saw you had a piece recently about Lamar Jackson. And uh, we've been talking that he looks better right now than he did the year he was the unanimous MVP. What are you seeing from Lamar Jackson? Uh, I agree completely, and uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Uh, hope Lock and Four makes it back okay. <laughs> you know, that's a, that. You know, you know how that is. That's always a. It's not a gimme. So we'll yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. Well, the article I wrote uh, two days ago was entitled "The NFL is Lamar Jackson's World, and Everyone Else Is Just Paying Rent," which is pretty much how it goes. I, I think there are a couple of differences. And what it leads up to is, and I don't believe this is hyperbole, he's playing at a level, well, let's split it into two parts, but he's playing at a level we've never really seen from a quarterback before. Uh, I was talking to my friend Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, and Football Outsiders has the DYAR metric, which is their you know, their counterpart to DVOA. DYAR is the cumulative value of a player over average over the season. And Lamar Jackson is the top quarterback in DYAR. If he were a running back, and football outside doesn't classify quarterbacks as running backs for multiple reasons, but if he were a running back right now, he would be the most valuable running back in the NFL. So you've got a guy who doesn't need to leave the pocket to throw. He's got nine of his ten touchdowns have come from the pocket, which is, you know, that's a different thing than we've seen before. And he's tied with Christian McCaffrey for the fourth most rushing yards in the league. And what he did to the Patriots off, you know, counter bash and straight counter and QB power, they couldn't stop him. 
So, and then if you don't blitz him, and with the Bills on Sunday, they're not going to blitz him because they don't blitz. They don't have to. Um, he had both of the interceptions against standard rushes, four on the floor. But, you know, there are reasons for both of those. I think overall, you know, whatever's going on with Greg Roman or uh, Adam Dadeau, his quarterback's coach, and the Ravens have kind of taken in the building and, and worked with him. Whatever happened this offseason, Lamar is a pocket passer. He's the best pocket passer in the NFL right now. And everyone from, you know, Bill Polian on down, and sorry, Bill, I know you apologize for this, the whole not bad for a receiver thing and is this kind of play sustainable. Lamar Jackson is winning from the pocket better than any quarterback in the NFL right now. And then he can just skin you alive with all sorts of run concepts. And you guys know how this is. When the Ravens, the Ravens run a lot of their explosive passing plays out of run formations. So it really confuses your defense. So with Lamar and that offense right now, you have a combination of a quarterback play at a level we've never really seen before with these concepts we've seen for years with the motion and the misdirection and the different run concepts and different options. It is entirely it, it, it's difficult, if not impossible, to defend. The only reason, and you know this as well, the only reason they're not 3-0, and the only reason they're 2-1, and is that Tua Tagovailoa got to experience and benefit from Baltimore's coverage box yes. in week two in ways that Lamar did not. <laughs> Other than that, I you know I I don't really know where you can. I know the the naysayers will poke holes and say, well, you can't keep this up all year. I, I think he's developed exponentially as a pocket passer. Uh, he's done it against some very sophisticated defenses. I you know. Right. He's the best court. He's the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's the best player in the NFL right now. I I think that's pretty good. Hey, Doug, I, I don't know if you can nail down on something specific, but you you watch all the film. What are you noticing? Or are there multiple things? The difference between him last year and this year as a quarterback? Well, I'll go to the uh, the fade touchdown to Devin Duvernay in Week One against the Jets, and this is one thing that really stood out to me because. It, we'll read to Lamar versus the Blitz in a second. It was killing him last year, and this year he's just tearing it up. But that play, that touchdown to Devin DuVernay, the, the Jets rushed four, and they dropped seven into kind of match coverage, which is, you know, it's been Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite. It's been Joe Burrow's kryptonite. And Lamar just stands there. He knows he's got the matchup advantage with his outside receiver on a you know subpar cornerback, and he just makes the throw. He doesn't he doesn't overthink it. He doesn't overcomplicate it. He knows I've got my guy out here. You guys can match and carry over the middle as much as you want. So his and I thought last year I did a pretty deep dive on Lamar in the off season, and I it specifically took note of his interceptions. And it seemed like – I don't want to say it was a processing thing because I can't – I don't know what Lamar is seeing. But a lot of throws were late. Two guys that really stood out to me in the offseason from last year, guys who were throwing late into coverage where the defense knew and could jump on it were Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill. Um, Lamar has cleaned that up a lot. So that's one thing. As far as the Blitz, I believe he has five touchdowns against the Blitz. He had four against the Patriots. He had six touchdowns against the Blitz all last season. So, and I know Bart Starr, I think in his third year under Vince Lombardi, he said that 
all of a sudden everything went from two-dimensional to three-dimensional. And I understood the entire playbook. And I, everything was just different from that. And every great quarterback could tell you about that moment where the light just went on. I don't know what happened specifically this offseason, but I can tell you that in about, in about five different directions, Lamar Jackson is a much – this is not the same – if, you're, if you haven't watched the Ravens closely and you're kind of going on priors, this is not the same guy. It's not the same guy at all, and it's all trending upward. We're speaking to Doug Farrar, an NFL editor at USA Today. It's Inside Access on the fan. And, Doug, you mentioned the playbook, and Greg Roman in recent years, he's been under fire about his elementary pass concepts. Well, We've seen a lot of plays out of Greg Roman early on this year that we've never seen. The one that immediately comes to mind was that Kansas City shovel pass touchdown to Mark Andrews against the Patriots. Yeah. What have you seen different from a play calling perspective? I believe that was a triple option shovel, which, <laughs> you know, if Andy Reid does it for Patrick Mahomes, we don't shut up about it for You know, the whole thing with Roman and his elementary playbook, he doesn't scheme receivers open. I, I know when Lamar made those comments, what was it? Mid middle last season, and I, I went in and did a deep dive because I hear something like that or I see something like that, and I want to prove or disprove it. That's kind of what I do. So I looked at some, okay, Lamar, you've got an open shot here. you got it schemed open. You don't do it. You don't hit that throw. There were a lot of cases where Greg Roman, I mean, is he, as a passing game coordinator as a schemer of routes he's not bill walsh or sid gilman or andy reed but that's not his job his job is to create and scheme up consistently the most complex run game in the nfl he's been doing that for years his next job was to kind of wait for lamar to catch up to the passing concepts that go off that run game and there were times last year where lamar just like i said he was late with some pretty easy stuff and I didn't attribute that to processing speed. I don't know if he was injured or he didn't have, you know, this was obviously pre-injury. Um, I don't know if there were nagging injuries that, that caused him to be late or he didn't trust his receivers. I don't know. But I can tell you, and the one point I made in my article, one thing you can tell when a quarterback's light really goes on all the way, like thermonuclear, is all of a sudden guys who are on milk cartons are in the spotlight. Well, hello, you know, Bateman and DuVernay and all these guys. It's not just the Mark Andrews show anymore. Yeah. Um, so as far as Roman not being able to scheme his receivers open, I think that's a canard. I think the tape backs that up. I think this year Lamar is just, for some I don't I haven't talked to him, so I, I couldn't tell you why, but for some reason he's embraced those route concepts in a way that he didn't seem to before. Doug, before I let you go, I want to ask you about a different quarterback. And we were talking earlier in the show. I was not a Jalen Hurts guy when he came into the NFL. I did not think he was going to be a very good NFL quarterback, at least early on this season. He's proven me completely wrong. Are you buying into Jalen Hurts, and what are you seeing with him? Yeah, I am. And the thing about Hurts, when he came out of – I mean, he was actually – he was benched at Alabama. Yeah. So that's not an auspicious beginning. Um, and – what happened to him early on in his NFL career is what happens to a lot of athletic quarterbacks. And I'm not saying black quarterbacks because the same thing happened to Josh Allen. If you have that kind of athleticism, when coverages get tricky, when things aren't exactly what you see, you're not going to wait it out. You're going to tuck and run. 
And if there was anything muddy in the picture for Hertz early in his career, he would just do that. Like, I, I'm not waiting past, like, 2.3 seconds to see what's going on. I'm just going to run because I'm really good at that, and he was. I, I think, like, Josh Allen had more uh, rushing yards among quarterbacks last year. The difference this year is, and I think A.J. Brown has a lot to do with it, I think the advent of Devontae Smith has, you know, there, there are a lot of reasons for it, but Hertz is, he's trusting what he sees and he's trusting that what he can't really see well will eventually in the, in the timing of the down become clear. I, I don't think the light has gone on for him like it's gone on for Lamar, but Lamar has been in the league longer. He's, you know, he's gone through more. But definitely, absolutely, there is a big difference in Hertz's play this year. He's, he's trusting what he's been asked to trust. And that can take a while for quarterbacks because you can have a brilliant offensive coordinator, a great offensive mind for a head coach. He's got both of those things. Defense is improved, so it's not all on him. The run game is great. He's the leader of that pack. But even with all that, as a quarterback, as a young quarterback, it can take you a second to say, okay, I'm really going to trust this because you have to go on faith and it's a lot harder to go on faith when, you know, there's Von Miller or T.J. Watt in your face. Um, your faith tends to evaporate pretty quickly if that happens too often. This year, I think he's trusting it, and, and the results kind of speak for themselves. Doug Farrar, this was great, man. Thank you so much for your time, as always. My pleasure. Thanks so much. It's Inside Access. Jason will be heading home from there, heading back from the castle in a little bit. Should be back by 5 o'clock. But coming up next, time for some Stone Cold Facts next here on The Fan. Side access on a fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Stone Cold Facts. Stone Cold Felts. Where we get the scoop straight from the international man of mystery, Stone Money Felt, <laughs> about what makes him tick and the misdeeds he may have done. And that's the bottom line. The Stone Sets Up. Yes, it is time for another edition of Stone Cold Facts, where Stone tells us about his upbringing and gives us multiple choices to answer, and we never get them right. That's pretty much the... Uh, I feel like today's going to be easy, though. St- Stone, you're probably the most creative person in the building when really? it comes to these. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, we're always clueless. We have no idea. I've gotten a couple. I've yeah, been, yeah, yeah, Ken's been the, the best, best one. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten one yet. Yeah. I don't think you or Jason. Jason might have got one, like, total. I wasn't here for the last one, so Jason has the fair. one up there. That's but fair. I probably wouldn't have got him anyway. I feel like today's aren't hard, though. Okay. Today's okay. are kind of easy. All Get right. to it. First one here. What is my preferred way to intake caffeine? <laughs> energy drinks, tea, or coffee? Oh, I, I, I think it's energy drinks. I think it's energy drinks. I was gonna, it's definitely not coffee. I've never, I've never seen, seen him, him drink tea. Oh, he's got a coffee right now. He does have a coffee. It could be tea. It could be tea. Uh, we don't know. I've seen him with an energy drink. I'll, so. I'll defer to you. You're uh, the best uh, at uh, this. Uh, I was going to go tea, but I'll defer to you. Ken got it. Yeah. It's energy drinks. Unreal, yeah, I've seen Ken him with the most. Yeah, I've seen him with monsters. Okay. All right. Were you drinking coffee, by the way? Yeah, that is that cup? is coffee. Oh, okay. yeah, but you do like the monster. I'm I'm a big the monster, monster guy. Yeah. Ultra ultra white. Yeah, I, yeah. I, this, I used to love the orange. Yeah. This is a stone cold fact about me. I have never in my life finished an entire energy drink. I, it's I, just too. I wish I could say the same. I finished too much. It's, it's too sugary for me. I can't I get, get the, behind we, it. Maybe you haven't had the right kind. Yeah, me and Stone, we do the sugar-free ones. Yeah. I, I will say my parents deprived me of soda uh, growing up. I remember mm. going to restaurants when I was seven, eight years old. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for a Sprite because you never have it at home. So maybe partly there. Moving on to question number two. How many states have I been to? Oh, jeez. 14, 27, no. 33, no. or 50? Oh, there's uh, no way in hell it's 50. <laughs> well, keep in mind this, Ken, because I think we were down at Pickles. He's never been outside the country. That's that's correct, yeah, right? Yeah. Didn't you do a question about I was that? in Canada for a split yeah. second. He's never, Ac- accidentally. He's never accidentally. left North America. Okay. So knowing that, I would assume he hasn't been to many states. Hmm. Give the list again. 14, 27, 33, or 50. 14 or 27 is my guess. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I've been to 27 states. It's like there's some I'm like not even either. interested in. Uh, but something tells me Stone and Steel and the, they, they all load up in the car and they do road trips and they've been through a bunch of states. I, that's what I was going to say. How do we define this? Is driving through a state you've been there? Sure. Okay. I'm go- yeah, I think that the I think the Felts family has has been on road trips. 27. You think more? I uh, I'll go with you. I'll 30, go with you. 33 is a lot. I'm going 27. Uh, 33. Yeah, I, I, I was leaning 33. Ah. Right. I was uh, leaning 33. Can you take it the rest of the Summer of 2012, no we bought an RV and just drove <laughs> around the country. Of course you did. Of course you did. No joke. From, the, from like the day we got out of the school to like the day before we went back to school, oh gone. Oh, my God. All summer. Did you go West Coast? Yep. 
I actually saw the Orioles play in Angels Stadium. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, the fr- I, I just I felt it. I knew yeah. there was a road trip. That, that would be such a stone thing to do, getting in an RV. Stone and steel and the, the gang. The furthest I've ever driven was to Nashville. And that was, God, 11 hours. What's the furthest you've driven, Ken? Uh, I drove... <laughs> I drove from North Carolina to Tampa Bay. That's, oh, and I also drove from Baltimore to Atlanta for a Super Bowl. That was pretty, a long drive. Those long were long too. drives. Because I always say Nashville, you're driving to a different time zone. Mm-hmm. So it tells you, because Tennessee's a long state. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I have nothing on stone. No, I, I felt it. Question number three I played peewee football in elementary school. Ooh. How many games did it take for me to break my arm? Was it under one game, didn't even play a game, one game, three games, or six games? I think he got. I think he did it in the first game. I'm going first game. Right, I, I think before the game was over, the arm got broken. You're hot with this game. You know Stone <laughs> way more than we know Stone, so we'll go with that. You're close, Ken. There's I didn't one. even play a game yet. Well, but wait. Practice number four. Oh, I, did, I misunderstood. So that's on me. So the first I, one was under one game. That's what I said, under one game. Oh, then yeah, you got it right. Yeah. I thought you said one game. Because the game didn't get finished. So I said under one game. That was my answer. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was under one game. Four practices three? in. Yeah. What's we, that? Do we have three right or two? Two. We, we, two two because he deferred yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah so. I, I messed up. <laughs> Question number four. What is the longest relationship ha! I've ever oh, been in? Oh, man. Two months. Okay. Ten months. All right. One year and nine months, or That's two years jump. and three months. See, I, I feel like Stones told me this answer before, but... Uh, Here's the crazy thing. He could be seeing someone for six months and tell them it's not a relationship. <laughs> We're hanging out. Yeah. We're hanging out. How long is the hangout period? How long was that? <laughs> no, no. Uh, what are the answers again? He's okay. told me this, but I have no two idea. Two months, ten months. A year and nine months, or two years and three months. The last two answers, I either feel like they're true, or he put them in on purpose. Oddly to, specific. Yeah. I, two months and ten months isn't oddly specific. Yeah, but the, the year and and yeah. Yeah, but do you really keep track of after one year? It's like, oh yeah, it's been one year and three and a half some, months. Some, like, something. It's kind of like the baby thing. Like when when is the cutoff with the months thing? Something about Stone tells me he hasn't had a relationship longer than a year. Ooh. But yeah. I'm riding. I defer to you, Ken. I, I bleeped up the only one that <laughs> I guessed. Here. What would have been your answer, Tim? Just so we can get it out there. One year and nine months. Just that's so Dusty oddly specific. specific. My guess was ten months. We'll go ten months then. Well, uh, you were right, Tim. Oh, Ken was oh. wrong. It was a year and nine months. <laughs> oh, see, I told you. I said it was either strangely accurate or he threw it in on purpose. So we got one more quick one here. Going back to the uh, six pack of '80s movies. Hold on, what, wait. What age was that relationship? Just curious. It was like eleventh and twelfth grade in oh. high school. All right. So, what is my favorite '80s movie? Oh, Ooh, uh, topical. Can't Buy Me Love. Great movie. I love it. I've never even heard that. The Ronster. Breakfast Club. Great movie. Uh, I've never seen it. The Empire Strikes Back. That's is an 80s Wars. movie. <laughs> Airplane. <laughs> oh, I see. Airplane almost I, made my list. I'm going to be honest, man. You don't know any of these movies, I, no, do you? No, I've seen Airplane. It's too cheesy for me. Oh, I love uh, that. No, I just think Airplane is so over the top. I'm going to go just, I'm going to go Airplane. You're going Airplane? Uh I do love Can't Buy Me Love, though. That almost made my list, too. Chuck and I 
and Stone were talking prior to the show, and we brought up Breakfast Club. I love all he, these movies. He did light up, but at, we'll go. You said airplane. I said airplane. We'll go airplane. It's airplane. Hey! Hey! My grandfather loved it. I would watch it with him. I love airplane. It Airplane's still holds great. up to this it's, day. It's great. It's Kareem so, Abdul-Jabbar's in. Oh uh, yeah. It's so cheap. You try man. running up the court with Wal- Walton and uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, kid. You ever seen a grown man naked? You ever been to a Turkish prison? You ever seen a Gladiator movie? Hey, coming up next, we're going to talk some baseball. Interesting lineup the Orioles put out today. This is the the B squad for sure. But Nathan Ruiz, he covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun, and he joins us next. Inside access on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Access to breaking news. Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan. Orioles lose to the Red Sox last night 13 9. Back in action tonight against those same Red Sox. Uh, Dean Kramer on the hill for the Orioles. Very interesting lineup tonight. We'll give that to you a little bit later, but let's go out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline and bring in Nathan Ruiz, covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun. And Nathan, good afternoon. Thank you as always for joining us. And let's talk about last night. And last night reminded me a little of the Saturday game against Houston where they they just sort of couldn't get out of their own way with the middle relief and Joey Crable struggled of late. And you just look back, and I know there's probably games throughout the season you can do this, but those two games against Houston, this game last night against uh, Boston, if they find a way to win those games, all of a sudden they're right in this wild card chase. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, I'm sure there's games you can go back and look at, and and that's obviously the case when you're going to be most likely the team that's, that's left out, the team that's closest doesn't get there. They do obviously mathematically have a shot, but the elimination number is basically five at this point, meaning the combination of Seattle wins and Orioles losses can't exceed that number. Or actually, even if it does equal that number, they, they would not go to the playoffs because of tiebreakers. So obviously a tough position. Um, still have the Yankees and the Blue Jays left after you know these last games against the Red Sox. So it, it's not an ideal position to be in. Uh, they could be have been in a better position by winning those three games. You go and look at the two games they lost to Detroit. 
last week as well, mm-hmm. you know, against a, a very beatable Tigers team. So I'm sure they're going to look back and see some missed opportunities here, but for right now the focus is on the, the opportunity that they see is still being in front of them. Nathan, Brandon Hyde pinch hit Jesus Aguilar for Kyle Stowers last night with Ryan Strom on the mound, lefty. Rich Hill, he's starting tonight, lefty. Kyle Stowers not in the lineup. Why does Brandon Hyde just refuse <laughs> to let Stowers face left-handed pitching? Yeah, it's definitely befuddling. Um, you know, he's a guy who, if you look at Stowers' minor league numbers, it's not just this year, last year too, you know, hit better against left-handers in the minors than he did right-handers. Had a, you know, over 900 OPS against lefties. Still had a solid, you know, 800-plus OPS in right-on-left matchups. But he's a guy who, uh, you know, a lot of his success has come in left-on-left matchups. He's a guy who, you know, in talking to him about it, sees you know, left-on-left breaking balls well. Um, but we really haven't gotten to see him put that skill on display. He's had, you know, one plate appearance against a left-handed pitcher up in the majors, and that came in June during his brief stint as a substitute player in Toronto. And so they really haven't, you know, deployed him in those situations. It is something that, you know, I have asked Brandon Hyde about, and he said, you know, it's something that he's just trying to put uh, the best lineup in the, you know, give them the lineup that he believes gives them the chance to win, gives them an advantageous matchup. And, you know, AAA numbers, I will say this, can only say so much. You know, we're not seeing the at-bats. I don't have the stat cast data in front of me. I don't mm-hmm. have the exit lows. Um, so, so I will say, you know, it looks like on paper, if you just look at, you know, his baseball reference page and, and you see the splits, it definitely jumps out that he's better left on left. But at the same time, the Orioles, I'm sure, have more information than just a baseball reference page. And they are looking at things and they're deciding, hey, we like this matchup better. We think Kyle Stowers is best served in right on left matchups only. And, and Brandon has said that if, you know, it was a different situation for them, if they are 20 games under 500 or 20 games out of a playoff race at this point, then Kyle Stowers would probably be getting some of those opportunities. And I'm sure it's something that as we go forward in the next year, they'll definitely explore. But it, at this time, with them competing for the playoffs, they, they're going to put out what they think is best. And, and right now that's Hayes Aguilar against left-handers. Talking to Nathan Ruiz, it's Inside Access here on The Fan. Nathan, as, as we are well, – about a week left in the season. Have you enjoyed the Rugnet Odor experience? Because there, there's been lots of highs and lots of lows, and of late, I, I don't know that he loves that infield in Boston because he's had some trouble the last couple nights. Yeah, he's he's an interesting player. I think he's a guy who who will look back on very interestingly. Obviously, um, I, you know, I think people know this, but he's a guy who's brought a lot of the yeah. the fun elements of this team. You know, he's brought he was a guy who introduced the binoculars back to the dugout. He was, you know, involved in the chain. And I think those are things that when you look back at this 2022 Orioles season, you'll be like, wow, that was a really fun team. And I think a lot of it had to do with Ruben Edador. And I understand completely people's frustrations with him um, in terms of how he played plays. Um, obviously had some defensive lapses. Uh, the, the hitting, unless it's a high leverage spot, has been questionable. But uh, he's a guy who I think brings a ton of energy, who Brandon Hyde is consistently crazed for what he's brought to the clubhouse. So, uh, all in all, you know, it's probably not what you would sign up for. I, mean, I don't think it's something that um, is an ideal package by any means, but I, I think he brought a lot to this team that maybe happened behind the scenes and that I probably honestly went a long way in getting them where they are. Well, Anthony Santander has brought a lot on the field for the Orioles, three multi-homer games in the last four games. And he's also been a lot more disciplined at the plate this year. He's flashed a lot. You go to the COVID shortened year, he was off to a great start before getting hurt. But has his production this year surprised you at all? Yeah, I, I think it has, especially when you look at that, that discipline aspect you mentioned. You know, that's something that Brandon Hyde has really talked about throughout his tenure as manager is how hard it is to t- teach that up at the major league level. You know, these guys come up and you look at an Austin Hayes and a Ryan Mountcastle. Like, these guys have played the game a certain way their whole life. It's really hard to adjust that. You know, Ryan Mountcastle is a guy who, who thinks he can get his bat on any ball. 
and coming up to the system, he showed he could do that, and he didn't really necessarily have to train the swing decisions we're seeing now. And obviously that's a practice and something he's working on. It's obviously something that, you know, when he swings the strikes, he's had a lot of success. But you look at what Anthony Santander has been able to do, and he's a guy who really, really improved in, in play discipline. His walk rate has jumped up. Um, and you see it now when a guy is able to sit on strikes and be able to get pitchers to go into the zone, when they know they have to go in to get into swing, he's going to take advantage of it. He's by far been the most consistent hitter throughout the season. You look at the numbers he's put up. I'm, I'm going to recommend a great story. Um, my beat partner, Andy Costco, wrote today about how Anthony's toes have gone a long way in getting him where he is. So hmm. I recommend people go to BaltimoreSun.com and check that out. But it, he's just a player who, when you look at last season, was dealing with an ankle sprain that really hampered him all season. He wanted to be on the field, probably could have used more IL stints or a longer IL stint to really let himself recover. But he, he wanted to be out there. He wanted to play. And you could tell it was affecting him. He was not the same player that he was even in that short stint in 2020. And he's come out this year. He's been healthy. He's been consistent. He's been on the field. We've seen the increase in play discipline. And, and it's really a complete player now. Nathan, just your gut, your opinion. Uh, do we see Grayson Rodriguez before the uh, season's over? I would like to think so. I haven't heard anything definitive from anyone yet saying that his season is over and that he's done. Um, obviously, the way things line up, he could start again as soon as Saturday, just based on the five-day turn he was on. Um, obviously, didn't get a ton of innings in this year because of that lat injury. But there's going to be an opportunity there. I think you know he's a guy who, if they they feel that he's stretched out enough, if, he's, if they feel he can he can help them. You look back, even if he, you know, it is in a playoff situation. You look back at 2018 and the end of the season, and John Means is not in the same category as Grayson Rodriguez, but he had one start, or not one start, one outing, and he took a ton away from that, applied it to his offseason, came back the next year and was an all-star. And So, you know, Grayson Rodriguez obviously has the talent to be that kind of pitcher already, but you wonder what one start, good or bad, can do for him. And so uh, he got up to 89 pitches in his last start on Monday with Norfolk, and that was a season high for him even before the injury. So, uh, he's he's pretty built up. It seems like obviously the opportunity is going to be there for them, especially if they want to wiggle some things around. Um, but I, I don't think it should surprise anyone. It will be interesting to see if they keep him on five days just to make things easier on him or if they, you know, tweak things a bit to make sure that start comes at Camden Yards in that last series against the Blue Jays. But but obviously I think Grayson's a guy who's on their radar. Um, even if he doesn't make a start this year, I think he's definitely a candidate to, to open next year in the rotation. He's a guy obviously they're really big fans of. Well, speaking of another highly touted prospect, D.L. Hall, he threw two scoreless innings last night, three strikeouts. He did allow three inherited runners to score up and down during this small sample size of him in the bullpen. But what's his outlook going into next year? Do you expect him to vie uh, to be in a uh, competition to make that starting rotation, or do you see his fit being in the bullpen? Yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that if you can harness him and have him be a starter, that that's what you want to do. You want to have those weapons. He's not a guy who you just look at him and he's really only got one or two pitches that you're trying to fiddle with that you think, oh, this is a reliever profile. He's got a starter's profile. He could have he has the potential for for four plus pitches, and and that's a guy you want to start. And that you know, Michael Isis said that that they see him as a starter heading into next season. He's a guy who is going to get the opportunity to break camp, I think, with this team as a starter. And and that's not to say things can't change. You know, maybe he struggles and they decide, hey, maybe he's better deployed as a reliever. Or maybe he just struggles and he starts the year in Norfolk's rotation. But this is a guy who, again, they're very, very high on, who has a ton of potential. Um, and I think at, at the onset of next season, you'll see him be a starting candidate for sure. Nathan Ruiz, always great, man. Thank you so much for your time. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Inside Access had Jason on his way back to the station. We hope to have him back at 5 when Ray Rice joins the show. But Purple Rain in the forecast next. We'll hear a little of Jason. Jason got to uh, talk to Rashad Bateman. Also, the injury report is out. Purple Rain next here on The Fan. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. Severe weather alert. Torrential rainfall expected. Purple rain. Purple rain. Inside access to the castle with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Brought to you by LifeMed Institute. When we get sick, it sucks. Get the fuel you need at LifeMed Institute with vitamin booster shots. Call 410-575-1200 or go to LifeMedInstitute.com and boost your defense. Uh, it's really just it's what he it's what it's what we see certainly and what he feels. I mean those are two things that both have to be taken into account. You know, Ronnie's not going to want to go out there, and we're not going to want him to go out there if he's not feels like he's going to be good. You know, he's going to be ready to go. I think it's uh, a priority to go out there and be at his best when he comes back. At the same time, he's going to have to jump in at some point. You know, so could be this week. We'll just have to see. He's practiced quite a bit today, and uh, we'll see where it's at. You know, now and then tomorrow and then Friday and make a decision. John Harbaugh speaking today about Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley practiced in full for the first time this season, uh, this year during practice. The rest of the injury report, Jalen Armour Davis didn't practice. It was personal, not not, not injury-related. Clayus Campbell got a rest day. J.K. Dobbins limited with a chest issue. Uh, Justin Houston did not practice groin. Patrick McCarry ankle did not practice. Marcus Peters rest day. Michael Pierce didn't practice uh, with the biceps. And, of course, uh, Harbaugh mentioned he might be done for the year. He's deciding whether or not he wants to rehab it or have the season-ending surgery. And James Prochet back on the field full. Justin Houston and Patrick McCary not practicing are two of the biggest takeaways, but the biggest one's Ronnie Stanley, who practiced in full today for the first time, as you said, Ken. And very interesting comments from John Harbaugh there, and he's been steadfast in the fact mm-hmm. that they're on Ronnie's timeline, yeah. not the Ravens' timeline, but... I was skeptical about him playing this week, but him practicing in full today is definitely a great sign. If he can practice in full tomorrow, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he will play Sunday, but how effective will he be? Is it going to be a repeat of the Raiders' Monday night game in week one last year? Hopefully not, but Harb said that. They want him out there when he can play at a high level, and hopefully that's the case for Sunday. Jason is back on is is on his way back from the castle. But while he was there, he had the chance to check up uh, to catch up with one Rashad Bateman. It seems like a lot of these linebackers are kind of thinking it might be the same old Ravens. But even if you only have two or three routes running, sometimes it seems like that stuff's been really effective. Yeah, man, we're just taking what defense gives us. Uh, you know, Lamar's doing a good job of reading uh, Greg Roman. Uh, Zero, he's doing a good job of uh, calling the plays, and you know, we're just gonna continue to execute when our when our numbers call. And the ability to unlock an under center passing game as well, not just stuff out of the pistol and the shotgun. How much of a point of emphasis was that this summer, and what have you seen of it through three weeks? Seems to be pretty effective. I would just say everything. Um, this offseason, I would say we grinded pretty hard on um, our whole offense in general. Um, you know, we took charge to, you know, uh, I would say, you know, make a change, make a difference, and, you know, chase something important, and I think that's what we focus on. 
when you watch these this film on Monday mornings and you see what your quarterback's doing, like are jaws dropping? What are dudes saying? Like it, it, it's it's not supposed to like it's not supposed to look like that. I've never seen it look like that, and I'm 50 years old. I watch these dude highlights every day so I can learn how to get some yak, and so far it's been working. So I'm gonna keep watching. He watches him to get yak. He is great with with after the catch. Ken, you were more confident than Jason and I talking about Rashad Bateman turning on the Jets, and that's exactly what he did on in that Dolphins game where he had that catch and run of, what was it, 79 yards in that one, and that was pretty much all yak right there. But Jason asked him about the under center aspect, mm. and we talked to Doug Farrar about that, and Greg Roman has really opened the vault thus far, and... He's been under fire in recent years, and rightfully so with his elementary pass concepts, but it, he has taken another step in his game as offensive coordinator because he is the run game guru, but the run game probably isn't going to be carrying this football team this year. It's going to be Lamar Jackson's arm. By the way, if, if you're a Ravens fan and you missed Doug Farrar, go to the Odyssey app. You can rewind the show, go back to – it's all segmented there on the Odyssey app. It's free. Just download it. It plays through both Apple and Android on your car. You can listen to it. You you, you definitely want to give it a listen. Even Jason can operate yes, it. Yes. So anyone can operate Even Jason Lock and Fora can figure out how to use the Odyssey app. So that means you can too. And if you're a Ravens fan, it's a must listen. We well, As soon as we get it posted, we'll send out the segment. But you can go to the Odyssey app at any time and just rewind the show and listen to it. So the Ravens getting ready for Buffalo. I, I J.K. Dobbins has the chest issue. I'm going to I'm gonna wait and see what things look like tomorrow. But I expect him to play this week. And Ronnie Stanley full, as you said. We'll see what tomorrow's uh, practice brings. But if he's full tomorrow, I think he's full go for Sunday. Absolutely, and I'm not worried about J.K. Dobbins. He at least participated in practice. The two guys that should concern Ravens fans is McCarry and Justin Houston not practicing, and Houston with more of a soft tissue injury with the groin, Jason Pierre-Paul, he is going to make his Ravens debut, we expect, but outside linebacker. It's arguably the thinnest position group on this team, they started the 53-man roster with just two guys there. With McCary possibly not going this week, it's really going to put pressure on Ronnie Stanley to start because Daniel Falele, you don't want him out there yeah. with Von Miller, and yeah. especially because they have some film on him. But speaking of Jason Pierre-Paul, Brian McFarlane, who knows the Ravens cap inside and out, the incentives are out there. His cap number is $1.15 million. He earns $500,000 if he reaches five sacks. It increases to $1 million if he reaches seven sacks. $2 million if he gets nine sacks. So if he hits any of those incentives, Ken, Ravens fans should be thrilled. Yes. Uh, you mentioned JPP. Well, Harbs was asked about the plan for Jason Pierre-Paul. He looked good today. We didn't take a, I think he took a number of reps. I don't think he took every rep, but he took as many reps out there as we had for him. And uh, he looked he looked good. We'll see the tape. The, the process is to get him out there as fast as we can. So we'll we'll shoot for this week. We'll we'll see uh, if we can do it. If we can't do it, then it'll be next week or whenever we can do it. So that's kind of what we're going to try to do as quickly as we can. Harbs isn't playing yeah, coy. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's he's playing this week. Yeah, he unless he has some sort of soreness because he hasn't practiced for real in a while and can't go tomorrow because it's different getting ready for actual football. 
But yeah, I told you the day they that they they announced it. I said he's playing first week, even if it's just passing situations. That's where I was going to say the percentage of snaps. I don't expect to be that high. He's going to be in on third downs and obvious passing situations because this guy's not in football shape yet. He didn't participate in training camp or preseason. Obviously, this is his first football game since last year. Coming up next here on the program, hopefully Jason will be back as he's on his way back from the castle. But as he does every Wednesday, Ray Rice joins the show. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw this past week in New England and what he expects to see against Buffalo. Ray Rice joins us next. Inside Access. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.